this is a sort of it's like a little bit like the rise and fall of of Gideon, isn't it? Um, because he started off so well, and I'm just going to slightly recap on um, what went on at the start of his call. So. We're at a time in Israel's history where God has withdrawn his protection because Israel have chosen to go their own way and shut God out. So God allowed the Midianites to come and regularly plunder and destroy the um, crops that Israel had planted. And as a result, the Israelites call to God for help. We're no different, really, are we? We often step away from seeking God over things that affect our lives consciously, sometimes unconsciously, and we end up living with the consequences of our choices. However, God is still faithful to us as he was to Gideon and to Israel. And the minute we really reach out for him, he's there for us. Not that the difficult situations go away, but we have the reassurance of God being with us through them. Anyway, God's response to Israel's cry is to raise up Gideon, a mighty warrior. Only the mighty warrior is in fact a mighty warrior and sees only the problems and weaknesses in his clan. He says to God, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. Don't you love the fact that God understands and allows Gideon to voice his fears to them, to him, and also to ask God for confirmation over what he feels God is asking of him and how true that is of us. Without the Holy Spirit, we're nothing and can do nothing. But when God calls, he also equips, reassures, and confirms what he's asking us to do. He might use a friend to speak to us, or there might be just a gradual sense of peace. A sense of peace is a great indicator of God's leading. And of course, when Gideon realized fearfully that he had had an encounter with God, God tells him to be at peace. God is the God of peace. We can know that peace in the midst of battle. And maybe that's what we need today. Maybe we feel we're in a battle How about asking someone to pray with you this morning? This is a safe place. And we're with people we can trust. It's also in our battles that we grow in our reliance and need of God. In the good times, we often depend on ourselves, don't we? We'll see in today's talk how Gideon stays in close contact with God. And how he becomes increasing, in his, he comes close to God at his vulnerable moments, but when things are going good, he becomes increasingly self-reliant. And we too have to be totally dependent on God to be used by him. And God is wanting to use each of us, each one of us where we've been placed. He needs faithful people, not successful ones. Anyway, let's move swiftly on. So we're looking at Judges chapter 8. Gideon is now an established leader, a man of faith and courage. He's probably on a high after a successful battle against the Midianites. And God has, God, I stress God, has given the victory. Have you ever noticed that when we do something 
for God, big or small, the devil comes to destroy the pleasure it gives us. And this is what happens with Gideon. The tribe of Ephraimites weren't happy with the battle strategy and come in to criticize him. Gideon shows great humility and grace in his answer to their criticism. He isn't self-promoting and gave God recognition in his answer. Time and again in Gideon's leading of his men, he gives reference to God being involved in the battle. In all his success, he recognises the hand of God enabling him and guiding him. And I was thinking about criticism and how we receive it. Sometimes it can be helpful. It is often helpful. But when it's unjustified criticism, as it was for Gideon, the intent of the Ephraimites appears to be putting him down and attacking his character. And it was also irrelevant, because however the Ephraimites saw things, the battle had been successful, and they could have joined in the celebration with Gideon. He tells them that his, fact, his victory was nothing in comparison with the Ephraimites capturing and killing two of the Midianite leaders. So his response, as I said, is grace, humility, and wisdom. We know that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but it's also the wisdom of God that he has, which is pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. If you look at good leaders, you'll often see godly wisdom. I wonder how we react to criticism from others, particularly when it might come from our Christian brothers and sisters. Do we react with anger or retire hurt and offended, which in turn leads to a barrier of resentment? Or do we, like Gideon, react with grace and humility? In Proverbs 19, verse 11, we're told, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offence. I would say that Gideon had great patience and wisdom at that moment and managed to avert further problems with the Ephraimites. So, so far, so good with Gideon. Now, Back to Judges 8. Gideon and his 300 men are now in hot pursuit of two kings of Midian. They are exhausted and hungry. And when he arrives in the city of Succoth, he asks for some food for them and is refused anything. They move on to the next city of Penuel, but again showed no sympathy or kindness. So he leaves both cities after threatening the leaders with two threats. First, he would whip the men of Succoth with thorn bushes, and the second, that he would return to Penuel and tear down their tower. I thought probably he was beginning to slip slightly because he seems to be taking matters into his own hands and wanting to seek revenge. So sure enough, he captures the two kings and returns to the city he threatened to mete out his punishment, including the killing of people. Is he getting a sense of power and self-importance than a reliance on God? The verse comes to mind from 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. If you think you're standing tall, be careful you don't fall. In anything we do, we need to be continually submitting to the Lord and relying on his strength. So poor Gideon, he's got a lot of tests that he's having to deal with. And it's hard leading people. It can be a very lonely position. How our leaders today need our prayers. Our national leaders need our prayers. Our church leaders need our prayers. And all those in positions of authority need our prayers. It conf- I think it confirms a dependence on God when we pray. And I think Gideon was beginning to lose sight of his dependence on God. He was trying to do things in his own strength. The next problem he's faced with is that the people want to make him king. But this time he got it right and wisely resists their request. When we place people on a pedestal, it can be so damaging for them and us because pride is subtle and dangerous, as is flattery. We're living in a society at the moment that's constantly focused on celebrity, but many celebrities fall by the wayside from the expectation and pressure it brings. In our house group the other night, we were talking about the disappointment we've had in discovering that those we've placed on high regard are subject to the same mistakes just as we are. They have clay feet. Gideon's final downfall was in the creation of an ephod made from all the gold the Israelites had plundered. Maybe he thought that that would help the Israelites focus on God, but it became an idol, and Israel rejected the only true God again. The ephod was a skillfully made apron that the high priest would wear. And I just wondered, was Gideon beginning to set himself up as a high priest? He hadn't been called to do that. What a pity he hadn't sought God and asked God to provide a high priest to guide the people back into right relationship with God and spiritual renewal. We all know that the enemy of our faith in God prowls around ready to take us out, and he'll often do it in the most subtle way. We need to be alert and on guard at all times, especially when being used by the Lord in any ministry. What I do find encouraging is that Gideon is listed as a man of great faith in the New Testament, and as I pondered on this, I remembered hearing of something Winston Churchill had said, which I often, I know I often bring little snippets of him in, but he was the most wonderful speaker. Um, He says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So where are we in this story? Let's apply it to ourselves. Are you hiding from something that's destroying lives around you? Is there something we've been called to tear down? What are our fears? Let's bring them before God. He didn't say to Gideon, off you go. He said, go in the strength you have. When we're serving God as a leader or in anything, as we go forward in our own strength, he meets with supernatural strength 
so that the glory goes to him. Remember, I can do all things, not some things, through him who gives me strength. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What's your response? Let's press on in whatever God has called us to do. This world is not our home, and one day we'll stand before the Lord of all. For me, I just want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That is as much as I wanted to bring this morning um, to slightly challenge us and um, stir us up, I hope, into seeking God as to what he's actually called us to do, what specific task he's given, big or small, because he's wanting to use each and every one of us. It's just, are we available to his call? Have we heard him call? Are we listening? And are we willing to go out in his strength?